When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Milverton and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84. Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter and at Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe and give us good vibes. Let's go. One year ago, a Southampton defender was sent off by daft cunt Mike Dean for a foul he didn't commit. These men shipped nine at Old Trafford and five against Tottenham and have been favourites for the draft. Today, still constantly reminded of this by pundits, the team survives as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 147, title Kevin. The A-Team. The A-Team. Can you explain? Well, I mean, there's the B-Team, uh, <laughs> our academy <laughs> players, and uh, this is the A-Team. 
of um, Adam Armstrong and Armando Briadonna. Exactly. So, yeah, and a very good week for all three of them. Um, busy week on the road uh, as we made the trip to the capital and dispatched of Tottenham Hotspur 3-2. Then the short turnaround up north to Old Trafford, where, again, another solid performance, and we left, well, we left Manchester with a well-earned point, uh, ensuring we have stayed undefeated home and away against Man City and Man United in a single season, which is a first. Um, we'll discuss both Spurs and United games, and then we'll get into Everton with our Tim. Our, our Tim. Our Tim, yep. <laughs> but uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Wow, Kevin, how are you feeling after that that week? Uh, I'm, I'm also hungover. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd expect nothing less, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Wow. I mean, what, what a game midweek to keep the spirits high and um, yeah brilliant end to a fantastic week in the Saints. absolutely yes um, and in general I mean how are you have you had a good week um, yeah more or less uh, the usual um, I, I went down the pub to watch the uh, United match and uh, we wanted to try out a new pub somewhere uh, with, a, with a mate of mine however um, the situation here is that there's um uh, well, the Russian equivalent of Amazon Prime basically has got the contract to show Premier League matches here. So there's not many pubs that um, show Premier League football anymore. So we just stuck to what we know best and went to um, this pub in the centre, but which is a well-known um, uh, Manchester United pub, basically. All the Man United fans go there to watch uh, games. And I've been there many a time to watch the Saints um, in, in my Saints shirt. Um, when they've been playing uh, United and when they've been playing other teams, I've never had any problem. But this time, I get get in there and um, the match has just kicked off. You know, we've got a round in, we've got some beer snacks and everything, and the bouncer comes on after me and says, no, you, you can't come in here wearing that. <laughs> so what the fuck? When did, when, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I'm not the only one wearing a football shirt. It's like, yeah, but, you know, this is a man, man out of place. What? Um, you know, I've, I've been in here so many times before, never been a problem. It's like, well, you know, you can either leave or you can take it off. So, fucking well, hell. that's because last year they were expected to uh, to walk all over us, and indeed they did. They got us 9-0. Right. And this, this year they were just kind of like, uh, Saints might actually do something against us. We can't have their kind in here. Well, luckily I missed the same fixture last year, which would, <laughs> um, I mean, I probably would have... Um, jumped at the opportunity to get thrown out of the pub it would give me an excuse but um, yeah this time I just turned it inside out and everyone seems happy with that but it was fucking childish I'm not going to be going there again um, yeah oh, you turned it inside out as well I mean but people surely people must have seen you had a shirt on inside out yeah it's ridiculous isn't it like everyone knows that I'm, I'm still like wearing the shirt with the same colour just the badges you know Closer to my heart. And did they kick you out? Kick you out when uh, Shay Adams scored? Nah, no. Nah, I mean, I celebrated, but you know. That's what I mean. Fair. What's the point then? Yeah, I mean, it was. It's, it's ridiculous. The atmosphere was um, quite similar to the atmosphere at Old Trafford. Half the seats were empty because they'd been reserved for people who hadn't turned up, <laughs> and the fans were just as quiet. Um, and <laughs> yeah, about as static as the players were yesterday, as well. So yeah, when I celebrated. I'm sure a few people muttered under their breath, but nobody really came for fuck. A bit like the Man United players. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame, you know, I like it because I, I, I usually go there because it's, you know, you get a bit of banter off the United fans 
and uh, it's quite a rare thing to see a Saints fan, you know, um, talking about. But fuck them. Fuck United. And fuck the Bobby Dazzler. Okay, um, a reminder, if you appreciate what we do uh, and you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head to our buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. And you can also become a member and check out our tiers for beers. Right, Kevin, shall we hit the ITN news? Yes, let's hit it the same way Bruno Fernandes can't hit James Ward-Prowse. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, so yeah, as, as we mentioned, very good week for the Saints, but um, all this pleasure this week, I feel it's only fair that we uh, we balance it out with a bit of pain first in the news. Uh, Lianco injury. Horrible, horrible news. Out for the majority of the season now. That's, well, at least 12 weeks out. Bad, bad hamstring. That's terrible for him and for the club. Yeah, it's a shame for him. He was just getting to swing of things and looked like a good uh, rotation player. He's really loving his time here. But, um, but hey, I mean, you know, I think he seems quite a strong individual. I'm sure he'll battle through it. Um, I don't imagine, you know, three months, that's what, you know, the mid-May, right? Mm. So, yeah, I think it probably makes sense not to play him until pre-season. Yeah, unfortunately. But, I mean, now we won't need to because that leaves Salisi, Bednarik, Stevens, and then you've got Valerie as an emergency. Um, Simi's obviously been sent away to Carlisle, so we may have to dig deep into the academy if necessary because... I mean, who have we got? We've got Will Tizard, who won Scholar of the Year last year. We've got Olafunwa. Yeah, Olafunwa. That'd be yeah. interesting to take. Olafunwa. Yeah, uh, w- w- he was in the first team for the uh, the Wales uh, preseason when we were playing Cardiff and Swansea. So he was there. Uh, we've got Sam Bailey, who hasn't featured for the B team this season because of injury. But I get the feeling, right, that Ralph would rather play Prousey or Romeu out of position rather than a youngling at this point. Uh, but, but you know, don't forget Bednarik was subbed off at half-time at Old Trafford, so hopefully that's, that's not too serious. Have we not had an update about that injury? No, nothing, nothing at all. I couldn't find anything about it. Um, no, uh, they, they're obviously... I mean, I don't imagine it being very, very serious, because they would have mentioned it by now, surely. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it leaves us just those three natural centre-backs, so... You know, unless, unless you don't include Valerie, of course, that would be a fourth, but then it might, it might have to be... Yeah, Ralph seems to be uh, where he quite enjoys having Valerie in the centre-back position. Uh, The fans, um, I think, speak for most of them when they say that they they don't. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I suppose, you know, it's an option. But yeah, if if, uh, Bednarik is out, that just does leave us with, um, you know, those two centre-backs. We're kind of getting short on options. And another another question that I was wanting to ask is, um, where's Redmond been? He hasn't featured in either of the squads this Um, week. Ankle injury. Ankle injury. Slight ankle injury, yeah. Um, Shit. Nothing too serious. Mm. Um, But in regards to the centre-backs, we have actually signed uh, another 19-year-old to our centre-back academy ranks, uh, Nico Lawrence. Mm. Um, He's been on trial with the the B team, and now he's signed an 18-month contract so um that, that's good for him another option i can't i can't, honestly i mean well where'd you see it valerie is the next choice or prousey or Romeo? in that order yeah valerie then prouse then Romeo. Mm. okay yeah i I'd probably go along with that yeah it's kind of a bit of a shame that simu um yeah he won't, be, he, he won't be called back apparently they're not going to do that 
No, I think, I mean, Tim was quite certain on the fact that he wouldn't play for the first team because there's some contractual agreement with Chelsea. Yes, yeah, there'd be a stipulation in his contract, yeah. Right, moving on from the centre-back crisis, uh, another little bit of a crisis. Ralph, uh, he caused a stir in the week, announcing his retirement in 2024, you know, when it, when his contract comes to an end. What did you make of that? I thought it was, this is from the interview with Kicker, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's the same interview in which that he moaned about uh, players running out their contract uh, instead of getting money for the club in the form of transfer fees. Yep. And then in the exact same interview, he says that he's going to run down his contract to Southampton <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> you bastard. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. We well, were nev- never really close to the Ralph Alcamp, but, you know, we've sort of been falling more and more in love with him over the, over the last few weeks. And for him to come out and say something like that, uh, yeah, it's not nice. good timing at the moment when the fans are getting, you know, he's turning back for fans. And then comes yeah. out and says that. It's kind of like, oh, no, don't do it. But, I mean, he strikes me as a man with a plan, right? Because, you know, he he, he, sti- he gets the task, he sticks to it. So I can believe this. But, you know, it was a, there, was a similar fi- there was a similar feeling when he was at Leipzig. You know, he, he's got his contract. He'll see it out. And then he'll move on to, to pastures new. But, I mean, he's saying now that the, this will be the end of his coaching. But... I get the feeling, you know, if he's offered a five-year deal at United, he's going to take that, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, United is a bit of a poison chalice at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, if they got the right man in, I think they could be fine. I mean, they've got the individual players. We all know that. But, I mean, Brangan's in there ostensibly to make them play a similar style of football. He's not and a coach. I, yeah, that's true. He's that's a director true. of football. And if he stays on as director of football at United and employs Ralph... It could be a sweetener, couldn't they it? They could strike up their partnership again. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, with the players they've got, Ralph's had the time and the patience from the board to weather the rough with the smooth and to get to his style of play and to start having the successes that he's having now... Uh, he's had the time to do that. I mean, it's taken, what, three years to get him many transfer windows to get rid of the dross, the people, the players who don't fit his system or aren't willing to work hard enough to, to make it work. And he's not going to get that United. He's, they're they're going to want results straight away. And, uh, you know, it'll take one big loss and he'll be out on his ass. I don't agree with that. I really don't. I mean, look, look how long it took Solskjaer. But when he was on, he was, what's the word, temporary manager. Interim. Just, yeah, he was interim manager. They were playing brilliantly, and then mm-hmm. took a bit of a dip just as uh, just after he signed that contract. Uh, but yeah, eventually things picked up. But you know, he was only given that contract because of the successes he had straight away. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think now that United are guaranteed to finish even in a Champions League spot. When they employed Solskjaer, that was his. You know, you have to get into the Champions League. More and more seasons go past, you know, the, the, the less, you know, the board expects of them. So I think the next manager, whether it be Pochettino or whether it be Ralph, whoever it is, I think they're going to be given more time to be able to, to get them back to where they need to be, which is going to take a number of years. They've got to expect that. Yeah, I mean, this is something that people were talking about already, that, you know, Ralph's going to be the, the same manager who, whose team got beaten 9-0. By United last season. Anyway, it's it's not for a while. You know, 2024. We 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 just need to enjoy them while while we can. And please do it. Please do it. You know, he's not just when we're uh, when we're winning games, but when we're losing, we need to get behind him too. 
because it's a tough old job that he's got here. Yeah, but I say if the board do get behind him and uh, you know he just starts to see the 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 fruits and the returns of it, and they're they're starting to you know work their way up and you know challenge for for Europe, he can't just walk away then, can he? Surely he's got to be tempted to to stay for a little bit longer. I think he loves this club in all truth, and I think if they do want yeah. him a new contract and they're doing well, he'll take it. I mean, he was talking about he doesn't want to be there as long as um, boy mm. into his mid seventies, but he's fifty four. Yeah, he's not exactly old, is he? I mean, come no. on, that's a great age for a coach. Yeah, it's perfect. Got some experience. You got plenty of years ahead. Uh, moving on, anyway. Uh, Tom Leach, he's going. Mm. He's done. He's gone. He's moving into uh, to F1. Yeah. Wow. It's gonna be jet setting. <laughs> That's a shame because um he's done such a good job reporting. Yeah, but I mean, good luck to him. You know. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to uh, to bigger and better things. Yep. Story of our lives. Uh, Marianne Spacey Cow, Kevin. It's her birthday today. Yeah, I know. I was only told you, wasn't I? You did tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy birthday, Marianne. <laughs> a victory today. Yep. Hopefully. Um. Well, before you go into the birds and the bees, I'll take the opportunity because we were talking about before we started recording even, just about, um, in fact, Tom Leach drew it to my attention, the players that are out of contract and their sort of unsolved business. Basically, it's all four goalkeepers, so there's yeah. the, yet to be a decision made there. I mean, they've got to sign at least one of them, right? <laughs> you can't have uh, three new goalkeepers the next season. We've only got four because of that injury problem and because Harry Lewis is just not a Premier League goalkeeper. But other than that, Shano, uh, he's going to be out of contract. Mm-hmm. And despite his age, he's still he's still a fresh player, arguably of Premier League quality. And Jack Stevens. Now, we kind of started looking into this, um, whether Jack Stevens will be out of contract in the summer or not. Because he signed a five-year deal in 2017. Mm-hmm. However, various um, sources in varying levels of uh, credibility, yeah. Credibility, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You're, you're pulling my you're, the weight for my uh, <laughs> hungover vocabulary. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, did you did you manage to get a closer look at this? Right, from, from what I'm see, seeing, yeah, you, you're right. He's um, he signed a bumper five year deal, which pays him forty about forty eight thousand pounds a week, which mm. works out at two point five, just under two point five million a year. Um, that was back in 2017, so his contract is due to run out at the end of this season, 2022. There was reports uh, from very credible sources, I will say, that say that he was going to be offered a new contract back in October, November time, but there has been nothing since. So I think the plan is to get him signed up before his contract runs out, so we should be expecting him, unless he already has, and they just, have, they just aren't reporting it. It's just gone under the radar, which I don't see as really possible but i mean i think i can see him getting another three-year deal yeah um, that would be reasonable yeah i don't think they're going to be giving him 48 grand a week this time however no i mean no, what, not he's 28 enough. now so that would take him to he's 31 and he has only just turned 28 as well in in, in late january so um yeah I, he was expected to be signing a new contract in october november time but i for whatever reason it hasn't happened, um, but there has been no reports that he's going to leave um, or see his contract down. So I, yeah. will, I will expect him to sign. Yeah, I mean, he's, he enjoys himself at the club. He doesn't appear to have any particular signals. He's not 
the sort of player that would be on other Premier League clubs' radar. He played well yesterday. Yeah, certainly. But, you know, I don't think Salisu instantly comes on the radar because he's that much younger and, you know, arguably that much stronger. I think he's the sort of player that you want to keep at the club, but he's not the talisman. But, yeah, I mean, that in the Athletic, did they say for sure that um, he signed a four-year deal in 2020? You're right, yeah. In 2020, uh, the, exclusive, uh, the Athletic had said that Jack Stevens agrees a new long-term contract, mm-hmm. a four-year deal, as you said, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. And, yeah, and then in November, they're saying that Southampton must offer him a new deal, so it, it's, still, uh, it's still up in the air. B-team, then. Premier League 2, a away win to West Brom on Monday. That was a fantastic win. Uh, moved us up to fifth now and just two points behind West Brom in third. So that is incredible. Friday night, uh, the Premier League Cup against Bournemouth. Um, already out of that competition. Finished bottom of the group. But, you know, we have to beat Bournemouth, don't we? Um, the last game of that group stage. Um, and it was a 2-2 draw. Uh, so not all bad. Kazin Allegby scored. And also Thierry Small uh, got his first goal for the club. Brilliant. That was, was, that, that was in the Cup, though, right? Yeah, that was the uh, Premier League Cup. Next up, uh, Premier League 2 action, Birmingham City, and that is Monday the 21st of February, so they've got a little bit of time off now. Uh, women's, women's team. Uh, Sunday, last Sunday, Sunday the 6th, uh, they won uh, against Hashtag United in the National League Cup. Um, Katie Rude in the 88th minute. Wow. Um, and, of course, they hit the road today. They're playing right now. Uh, Sunday the 13th against Bridgewater United at 2 o'clock. Yes, um, and before we move on to the Spurs game, I just want to talk through the uh, the loanees. Uh, Kane Ramsey for Ross County. Um, they came up against Livingston, Livingston at home uh, and a 93rd-minute equaliser from Kane. Uh, wow. His first ever goal. So, yeah, brilliant stuff there. And he didn't even start the game as well. He came off the bench on the 83rd minute. So he came off cold with 10 minutes to go or so. And... and uh, and scored, scored the equaliser. And Jake Vokens also played the entire game in that. So, yeah, Ross County representing Saints there. Simeu made his debut for Carlisle yesterday in a 2-2 draw at Colchester. And he played the full 90 minutes. And guess what? Picked up a yellow card. He did not. <laughs> he didn't pick up a booking. So, yeah, solid, solid outing from Simeu. Right. OK, then let's get into Tottenham then, shall we? Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay then, Tottenham Hotspur on Wednesday. Uh, always a difficult place to play, isn't it? Not just the new stadium, but White Hart Lane also. Um, Spurs had won 10 of their last 11 in the league. That's pretty dire, right? Uh, the last time was uh, being back in 2016 when Stephen Davis scored both in a 2-1 win. But we have another one to add to that now. And an even better one, I feel. Because uh, we were in 3-2. Jan Bednarak turned into his own net after 18 minutes. Armando Broya with the leveller just five minutes later. Son gave Spurs the lead after 70 minutes, but then 10 minutes to spare. Elianusi and Che Adams with the late winner. Absolutely fantastic result. And it's so so nice to have the script flipped from losing points whilst winning, you know, to coming from behind and taking points against the odds, really. So it's, it's, it's great in that sense. And, you know, the first half of football was one of the best I've seen in a long, long time. Um, but even then, right, the feeling was, can we keep this up in the second half? Can we take what we deserve out of this? And we did just that. So, albeit there was a few scares along the way, and not least the Stephen Bergwijn disallowed goal in, in deep into stoppage time. But 
But, oh, yes. Oh, my God. What a fantastic win that was. And one that we're, we're not going to forget in a hurry. Which game was that? <laughs> You're a twat. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? You summarised it very well. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> um, I'll go into the starters then, because um, it was a quick turnaround from that Coventry game, and we were all banged up after 120 minutes of football, right? And Broyer picked up that knock, and there was news of Lianco. Um, That was before the game and all this. So... As a result, Ralph rotated heavily and made 10 changes. And you look at Spurs, by contrast, and they had they kept their 11 from their FA Cup win over Brighton. Uh, Prousey was the was the only man to keep his place. But, I mean, Kev, were you happy with the 11 when you saw it? It's strong, isn't it? I think you've got to compare it more with uh, the team that played City. Exactly the same, wasn't it, apart from Elia mm. team? Yeah. yeah, which was a surprise to me because I didn't know that um, Ripon was out. So I was, you know, a little bit disappointed, but um, yeah, that's got to be the the strongest team you want to put out. Yeah, but and you know, crucially, Broya made it because we were we were, weren't sure if he was because he picked up a lot a knock late against um, Coventry, didn't he? I mean, Ralph quite quickly ruled that out. He said, uh, yeah, it was not not that bad at all. It was just a little bit of a knock and um, it's not not a proper injury. Just time wasting, then, like I said last week. I uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, it would be great if it was because mm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the. New brand of uh, Scheiss House Ride that Ralph seems to have instilled in them. Wunderbar. <laughs> Bright start. Uh, Spurs looked quite nervous and tentative to get through. And, you know, and, but then, you know, we, we had an, an early chance. Che had a point blank shot saved by Lloris and anywhere else on the goal. And that's 1 0. So that was an encouraging start. Yeah, I mean, we, we were strong right from the get go. And there was a, I thought, like, you know, it was earlier on in the season, it was quite a regular feature for us to just go all in for the first five or ten minutes and then just slowly tail off. But yeah, and then it was, just became end-to-end stuff, really, um, towards the, the middle of that first half. But as the first half wore on, I mean, Spurs just grew, grew more and more allergic to the ball. I just couldn't believe what I, I was seeing. I mean, we were just we were keeping possession in a lot of dangerous areas and Spurs didn't seem in any rush to get the ball back. Yeah, it kind of made you wonder... Who was playing at home? Worrying if you're a Spurs fan, isn't it? Even more worrying still. They're two 0 down inside in 18 minutes against Wolves. So. Oh fuck you now. So yeah, Conte's getting sacked in the morning. I should see a lot of those uh, those memes with the, the fingers to the lips. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever since he did that, it's turned to shit for them. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. Not great from Spurs, but I mean, it wasn't as if they didn't start great, because of course they went 1-0 up, and they, you know, Christian Romero tucked away one, which, which was clearly offside, um, and then, you know, what Spurs do, they do well when they're on form, you know, that they they use their pace, don't they? They're very, very quick front line with, with Son and, and Lucas and Lucas Mora. That's what they do so well. They stretch the back line and um, quick passing and Son, Kane, Reggion, and that forced her to make a save from Reggion there early on as well, so that was... That was the only thing that Spurs really had. And, of course, they scored that early goal in, inside 20 minutes. Um, Lucas Mora, again, using his pace, boy the egg, sticking a lucky one across the box and, and Bednarik uh, doing the job for them, pretty much. Is that his third own goal of the season? He does score a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hang on, he scored three own goals and three um Three goals, uh, goals for us, yeah. He's almost so that, our top scorer. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's challenging Broja for the uh, top scorer spot. <laughs> yeah, what does he spend that on his contract? Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a classic Bednarik um, own goal that he's <laughs> he's running back and sliding across, stretching his leg out and just... 
you know, asking for it really. I think Hoiberg maybe half knew that that was something that he could do. Yeah, just pass it to Hertz and Bednarik in the box and we're going to get a go here, lads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. Much. Unlucky. But um, So here's the good news, right? Because from here on out, we were terrific. Yeah. Um, and we've seen in the past many, many times that you go a goal down and we, and we suffer some more. And actually, that holds true when we're winning as well, because you know what happens there. They just lose focus. Our, our pressing kind of kills us. But just recently, you you can't say enough about the spirit. The narrative's changed, mate. Yeah, exactly. It's not all about losing from winning positions and, um, yeah, the heads dropping and everything. It's, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's the it's spirit like, and the determination now. It's like we need a, a kick up the jacksy just to kind of get things going. Like, right. And it was, you know, literally from the, the, the kickoff after that uh, own goal, um, just bombarding them non-stop. Um, Broja, yeah, straight away adds an attempt saved. And then uh, perhaps he a crack from range. And then, mm. yeah, the goal finally comes um, from Broja. But, I mean, we, we were just so dominant in possession. Spurs, uh, as hard as they tried, they couldn't clear that ball at all. And, um, yeah, it was quite funny to see Ben Davies slick on his ass. Slick on his ass, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was watching the BT Sport coverage of, of both Spurs and, and the United games, and I wasn't, I wasn't really, really happy with Glenn Hoddle. Um, no. <laughs> he was calling the game on Wednesday night, and he had a Spurs hat on, um, and he wasn't even trying to hide it. That was the, the, the annoying thing. Uh, but when he was in the studio for the punditry against um, United, he, he was full of praise for the way that we pressed Spurs, and especially from that 1-0 losing position, saying that we always go and hunt in twos, you know, the intensity never wavered, and... You know, and that was it. It was again, again because they instantly pressed and, and dispossessed Sanchez. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Uh, runs through Romero and, and almost leveled then. And then, you, as you mentioned, Prowse had a good hit that was saved. Um, but yeah, all, all of that just five minutes after the, the opener. So I mean, it was, it was, you know, less than that. Like I say, but straight from the kickoff, it was just all pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, Ben Davies slips. It was quite lucky, but we got the reward that we deserved from all that pressure. And just kept coming at them and pressure from, from you know, corners as well. And then Perro hit the crossbar. And then you go in at half time disappointed to be 1 1. That's how. Yeah, we, there were so we were many chances. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I mean, again, it's not the first time we said that this season that we, we should have been, you know, X goals up by half time when we weren't. But yeah, I mean, normally we come away with a, a point or maybe even less. Um, yeah, this time we've, we've come away winners. So it's, it doesn't really matter in the end. But I mean. But, I think from my point of view, and I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of percentage of Saints fans that I, mean, I could probably put you in this bracket as well, Kevin, that when we are ahead or when we're level as we were, we we're creating all these chances, you know something's going to happen. And all of a sudden, you know, you get the half and it slows us down completely. And you know that we're going to turn it over. It just can be completely terrible in the second half. You know, have that dramatic fall from grace, if you will, and then... Spurs are going to come out second half, completely dominate us as we tire. And it looked like that was going to be the case because Kane had that header. Um, that shit me up a little bit. Mm, um, yeah. But again, they, yeah, he was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Same as he was at St Mary's. <laughs> That's true. We did score at St Mary's but from the spot. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Son gets the goal. And I just think, oh, my God, here we go again. We are just not taking the chances when we're on top. And it is going to cost us. You can't do that in this league. You need to take your chances. But again, it wasn't the case. It was so nice to see. You know, you go, you get backed into a corner. Normally, that's it. They, they, they fold. But they didn't. 
and they didn't do it on on Saturday either. Goal, Kevin, the, the Son goal on the, on the oh, what, 70th minute. <laughs> Controversy. Bro, you're down. Emerson Royale completely flattens him from behind. Conte being an absolute twat. Yes. Um, that's a free kick, right? Yeah, I know. It's a blatant foul. I mean, uh, apparently VAR did check the incident, but didn't seem to have, uh, didn't deem it foul play. Why? What were they looking at? Um, the other match, maybe. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what they'd have to be looking at to decide that wasn't a foul. It's egregious. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And what was Conte complaining about? What was his his problem? I think that there was just a bit of a touchline fracker because, um, yeah, Ralph was understandably pissed off with um, play uh, continuing despite right, the so. foul and that, you know, Roger was still on the floor uh, potentially with a hand injury as well. Well, that's the uh, rule, isn't it? If there's a head injury or whatever, you stop the game. Yeah, I mean, I could sort of vaguely understand that if there's an advantage to be played, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't their advantage to be played. Mm. Uh, it was just it was horrific refereeing. Uh, and VAR. And VAR, yeah, just a, a theme for for this match, uh, and not only this match as well, but yeah, um, yeah, that punch up with with Conte ended up with, with him. Um, shushing. I'm not even sure who it was. Was he shushing like our players or, our, or the coaching staff. staff? I don't know, yeah. but I, I can guarantee he won't be fucking doing that again because it's come back to bite him in the ass big time. And it's from there, isn't it? You know, it was only nine minutes after that as well. That that's a common theme. You know, not letting the heads drop, which is which is easy to do because you know you put all that effort in, you go behind again, and it must be devastating. But that we didn't give up, kept going, and you know. Prousey from here, my goodness, pinpoint crossing. Elianusi timed his run perfectly. Fantastic header, and, and Ralph's reaction was brilliant there too as well. <laughs> just yes. after just after the fracas with um with Conte, and he's right out in that technical zone. He's he's almost doing the limbo, and his arms are going back and forward, and he's gritting his teeth. You're just like, yeah, fucking have that, you prick. It's it's right up there with the things that you love to see, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then straight again, straight again. Two minutes after that, the, the same again. Prousey pinpoint again. Adams this time. That was incredible as well. That's a great header. Um, and how on earth can you afford to give a player like James Wood Prowse all that space, especially when he's just done it two minutes before? It's almost as if you know when we get Prousey on the ball in those wide areas, then you know Shea Broya, whoever is attacking at that point need to be alert because more often than not it's going to find its way into the danger area absolutely but yeah and that was that that was enough that was it it's um first half was incredible i think it's the best i've seen all season um second half digging deep from going behind again when i didn't deserve it um snatch the win you know as the or snatch it as, as the late goals would suggest anyway but we did deserve it we outplayed spurs for large portion of portions of that game um, and if it's that, if that's our identity going forward from here from the rest of the season, then we're going to be so hard to beat from here on out. Yeah, wow, it just makes you wonder, you know, where do we go next from from here? Everton. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a United match to talk about there as well, but yeah, great result in both matches, uh, I think. And yeah, it just we've performed so well against the so-called top clubs. And we've kind of been underperforming at the teams that were, well, you know, around us earlier on in the season, but towards the bottom of the table. Um, yeah, losing to Norwich and then beating Spurs away and 
uh, taking a point off of both Manchester clubs. Yeah, it just doesn't sort of tally in the mind, does it? You look back at it and think, wow, they've done something incredible there. And not only that, you know, they kept Kane off the score sheet, which is a challenge in itself because he's back in form at the moment. And yeah, do you know, he scored, well, he scored 11 goals in his last 13 against us. Um, And and Son didn't dominate us again, which we've seen him have his field day against us in the past, as we know. So yeah, it was... um, a great performance all round, really, wasn't it? And it's going to be difficult to pick a man of the match, Kev, but I'm going to press you for one. Oh, God, yeah. Um, high press, is it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to high press I, you for one. Yeah, I don't know, right? I mean, there were so many, so many brilliant performances. It's almost as if the, if you say one, the then you're, you know, you're not, you're doing a disservice to the others. You have to, you have to, it's like trying to pick a, you know, your favourite child of the week. Wow, I mean, the, yeah, the goal scorers, here, Adams, Evianusi, Broja, they've got to be in contention, haven't they? The whole of the midfield. Um, mm. I think, um, yeah, Romeo's been consistently solid of late. Be one of my favourite players. Ward Prowse, I don't think you could ignore for those two incredible um, assists for those goals. I mean, just, just carbon copies of each other. Pinpoint perfect. And yeah, brilliant for... for Mo and Jay to get on the end of them. Um, Perot as well. Yeah, moving forward with the ball. Um, definitely struck fear in the opposition. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But I mean, I'm going to give it back to El Yanusi on his on his comeback. That's a surprise. I mean, not not in the sense that he didn't deserve it because I think he played well. He's played well. Like I say there's so many players deserved it, and um, I've got a feeling that I know who you're going to give it to here. So I don't. We want to distribute the plaudits a little more fairly. Okay, who do you think I'm going to give it to? I think I think Prowse would be the academic choice, wouldn't it? No, I'm going to give it to um. Whenever you're in doubt, give it to Danny Ings, right? Okay. Yeah, how's he, how's he doing? <laughs> Uh, no, um, yeah, like you said, there's so many players that we need that need to mention. Broya, Adams, Romeu, Perro, all fantastic. Um, mm. Perro needs to be mentioned for a serious contender, by the way, and I was really, you know, weighing it up, but I am going to yeah. give it to Prowsey. When you, you take a look at the game from 2-1 down, and then you look at what changed the game, what gave us these three points, and it was the right boot of James Ward-Prowse, that was it, both of them. They, he's won the game for us, those two passes. If it lands to anybody else out wide there, I'm certain we don't score. We don't score the second or the third. He was the difference, and it was just his overall play as well. So there's no other... I mean, everyone, as I say, get eight, nine out of ten. But James Ward-Prowse, he's just won the game for us. So he's got to be Prowse. Yeah, Perot, I mean, just like... the, the, the He's going to score an absolute worldie mm. very soon. Like, I'm, not, I'm not unlike so. Valerie. Yeah, although, you know, we've seen what's happened to him um, in... In the meantime, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I hate to, crit, to criticise after such a positive performance, but I think there there, there were some weaker performances. I think um, Carl Walker Peters didn't impress me that much uh, on the ball. It tended to dawdle and lose the ball too easily. Um, although that dawdling definitely came in handy uh, for both of our goals. We just managing to hold up the ball, wait for Prowse to come into a bit of space, and um, just, just lay up the ball for him. Um, both times, in fact. I mean, that, they were just, you know, carbon copies in, in almost every sense. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it was a great performance for everyone, really. And to come from behind on the road against a team that's looking at Europe um, in a place that we don't play well and create the chances that we did, it, it's, it's very, very pleasing. And that left us 10th, 28 points, 6 wins, 10 draws, 7 losses, 3 away wins now, Watford, West Ham and Spurs. 
you, you can't ignore the, the stats for this match. I saved the stats as they were at halftime because um, we had 62% possession at halftime. 15 shots, 6 on target, uh, 6 corners. Um, but yeah, that is the most number of shots that we've had in uh, a whole game. Oops, in a whole game, yeah. I mean, <laughs> surely, yeah, the the first half, 15 shots in a single half, that's, that's just an incredible number. Uh, six on target. But yeah, by the end of the match, it was um, 23, 10 on target um, and 52% possession. Wow. Still, yeah, away at Spurs. Um, and, uh, so when we don't win. Yeah. So when we don't win. And Ralph's 500th uh, game yeah. as manager. Mm. Indeed, yeah. Um, and then... And then we travelled to, to Old Trafford on, on Saturday lunchtime for a game against a struggling Man United. Can you say that? You know, out, out of the cup to Middlesbrough, failed to beat Burnley despite taking the lead, and again failed to beat us despite taking the lead. Uh, another fine result this week. One-one, uh, a point from losing position again. Uh, Sancho gave United the lead after 21 minutes, only to be cancelled out just after halftime by Che Adams, uh, his second of the week. Go A team. Hey. Uh, and unchanged. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. Kind of. I mean, but, I mean, the surprise for me was we knew that uh, Livramento had been in training. So I was I expecting maybe to see him on the bench against Spurs. Yeah, but he, did, he wasn't in the squad at all, was he? He was not, no. Uh, but he was in the, in the United squad. And you think that um, if he's fit, you want Ralph to play him. But just like you said... Well, uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm not convinced he's going to start against Everton now, you know. Again, it's not no fault of his. It's no? just the, the way this team has been playing together. Something is clicked, and mm. it, it doesn't... I'm not putting this on him, that ever since he's been out of the team, it's clicked. For whatever reason, it might just be a complete... I'm not putting this on him by anything. I just... Yeah. I mean, fuck you, Tino. No, you just can't... <laughs> you can't change it now, can you? You've got Perot playing so well, and then you've got... Kyle Capita's playing so well. And I know you said he wasn't he wasn't the best against Spurs, but I think he was great against Man United. And yeah, yeah. I just think something's clicking at the moment. We're getting a reputation of um of being the entertainers now and an exciting brand of football. Kev, yeah, we we started again. We started well. It was good. Um, but you know they took the lead. Long ball beating our press. A pace from Rashford. He finds Jaden Sancho at the back stick, and Walker Peters just manages to miss out. Yeah, I mean they're kind of sliding all over the place, aren't they? There is some it's quite a wet pitch at Old Trafford. It was tipping it down in London as well, wasn't it, during the week? But um, yeah, it was a bit of a slip from Salisu, um, that and Rashford gets the better of him and just just has the whole of the wing basically and. Uh, yeah, quick square ball to Sancho for a tap-in. Uh, yeah, Kylo and uh, Bednarik can't get back in time. It's a shame, but I mean, so, so, yeah, it's a well-put-together counter-attack from United. Yeah, but again, like Spurs, heads up, determined to take something out of it and still creating those chances. And we all know that Old Trafford's not a great place to go to either, is it, for anyone? And De Gea was making saves and Perro again, Playing well, dancing into the box with a pretty tame shot, but you know, still, still pressing, still creating those chances. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, you can see that early on, and uh, we've got our kind of natural fear that kicks in. But it didn't take them long to allay those fears. And we had our fair share of the chances, and uh, yeah, it was getting in the, again, just like the Spurs match, a very exciting end-to-end game that was kind of entertaining to watch, and I was. 
maybe a little bit thrown by all the, the antics of the pub that I was watching it in, but um, <laughs> kind of settled in, and uh, yeah, it was, it was very entertaining. What, what what was good as well is like we changed things up a number of times in that first half because we had like the four yeah. two or the four two two two. I was uh, trying to work out the formation and I just couldn't. Yeah, and then he slipped back into a three-five-two, and then it was back at a four-four-two, and five yeah. at the back at one point. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then yeah, Bednarek came off for Stevens at the break. Um, but this is something that I've criticised Ralph for in the past. There's no in-game management. There's no plan B. It's just like he says, right, this is who we're going with today. This is the formation. You know your roles. Go out and do it. No matter what happens on the field, it, it doesn't change. It just doesn't seem to manage it. But that appears to have changed. Because we look like a well-coached side now, and I don't want to go too much into United's struggles, but our, our Ralph has out-coached their Ralph, and, you know, he kind of spotted their weaknesses. He's been, he's criticised their, I don't know if you've seen any of the, the post-match interviews that he's had. And yeah, he, he's he's pointed out the weaknesses, and it's almost rewarded us with three points. And it's it's just that United have that quality of individual, and it's usually enough for them. And if you can implement a plan to take advantage of them, then you're gonna, you know, you might take something out of it, and, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I mean, okay, if you if you're referencing um, the ridiculous controversy they made out of Ralph's um, comments in the post-match interview, mm. you see Jermaine Genus going off on one of matches. Saying, yeah, that's right. Saying he shouldn't be commenting, uh, commenting on a, you know other managers' style of play. Just yeah, stick you can, to your own. Yeah, you can fuck right off. I mean, yeah, just just by not in that. <laughs> um, I mean, Danny Murphy is Danny Murphy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Danny Murphy was the other one. So I confused the bloody bull Danny, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, he kind of stepped in and said that, you know, no, he was asked a question, he gave an answer, and he was telling the truth. And I think um, Ralph definitely is very, uh, is a very honest manager, and he's sort of revealed uh, his tactics and the way that he's, you know, not beaten United, but the way he's set up to. To, to play against them, um, I think that should be welcomed. Not you know taking it as a slight remark on. Uh, no, I don't. Know, I just don't think it's um, something weird. that's usually done. But if you're okay, to, I mean, it's it's fine. I'm sure um, Ranić won't have a problem with it. He'll admit, you know, when he was when he was wrong, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it myself. But I just think it's not the done thing to do. It's the etiquette of management, I guess. I do. I don't. Again, I don't see it as you know a criticism. As he said that you know they're not as quick getting back, so we tried to exploit that. That would 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 Genus have been okay if Ralph Ranić had said that? I don't think you would have paid it any. Yeah, know, exactly. Need at all. It's, it's yeah. kind of like one of those things that like, I can slag my players off, but if somebody else slags them off, then I get I get, I get offended by it. Again, I don't think you know. He's just saying that that's a weakness that United have as a team. We try to exploit that weakness, and it worked for us. Yeah. What's wrong with that? None. Nothing. Yeah. I agree. Second half, Kev. Uh, Chay Adams, 48th minute, just after half time. Uh, one, one. Just a, a you know brilliant start to the second half. Makes you makes you wonder what he said to them at the break to put a rocket up their ass. Not that we needed one, but it was just like going from uh, first gear to second gear, just like that. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, it's definitely a way to to come out and make a statement. And, um, yeah, really, really tough goal to, to make. We didn't really have uh, the best chances, but we, we made a lot of them. And uh, this was yeah, it's a really, really, really clever build-up from El Yanusi and Perot, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, the, the, the finish as well. Like, just, just from such a tight angle, I wasn't even quite sure how it went in. 
I, I, I almost thought it didn't because it hit the post and it rolled into the other side of the net and it was just like, oh my God, could you get any closer? Yeah, but I mean, if, if, if it hadn't have gone in, Armstrong was right there with the follow-up. Uh, so Adams yeah. said himself in the, in the post-match interview that he was ready for, for his own rebound. He was going to go in after it again. But Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. don't know how he would have managed that. He would have tried. And then we would have got a penalty. <laughs> but yeah, um, Kevin, Fraser Forster, he had an excellent game, I thought. He made some very, very important saves. And, you know, whenever he was called into action, it was crucial. Very, very crucial saves. It wasn't, there wasn't like one moment where you think, yeah, that, that was a comfortable save. He, 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 you know, he was expected to make that. Everything he did was like, oh, wow, what a save. Um, and that save on Maguire was just class. The one that he went point blank up. range. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you were talking about players out of contracts and especially keepers, like having all four of them, three of them. I'm not going to include Caballero, but um, why not give uh, Forster a, a one year extension? A lot of fans are calling for that now. Um, but done about one year extension, I'd give him a you know, a medium term contract. Um, yeah, well, obviously much lower pay. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I, you know, I think this is. Um, it has to be rewarded, doesn't it? That he's since he's come into the team, we've looked so much stronger defensively, um, and he's pulled off, you know, time after time, he's pulled off brilliant saves in, you know, almost every game. Yes, he does have his his weaknesses, but I think, you know, of the two, you want to keep hold of Fraser over um, McCarthy. It's just like the, the the fickleness of Saints fans and the goalkeepers is just it's 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 weird. Um, I, I don't think it's something specific to Saints fans. I think whenever um, goalkeepers have a bad time of it, it's very visible because they, well, they concede goals. Mm. That is but true. I think Ralph's comments are very telling that he you know, came out and publicly uh, slagged him off, basically. Um, and now that, that Fraser's back and he's almost back to his um, brilliant self from five, six years ago. Right, I'm going to call this right. If if Fraser Forster has an error and we lose a game because of it, there'll be people on Twitter and, well, just across all social media and say that this guy shouldn't even be in, in the team. His contract's out. Just let him go. Um, we need Maka back. You'll hear this. This is what will happen. It's, it's been, it has been like this since we've been recording. Um, except we've had Angus Gunn into that mix as well. And Caballero. And Caballero. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just I, I think Fraser Forster is playing very very well at the moment, and at that moment you can't take him out. Um, so yeah, but this is good. This is a good problem. No, but I mean if that's if that's got to carry over into next season, um, I think he deserves a chance. It's just whether um, you know Fraser um, fancies taking that cut. I don't think he's going to get a decent offer anywhere else. He'll probably have to take a massive cut and go down the league if he wants to sign a new big or medium-term contract anyway. Um, but, yeah, I, I reckon one year, you know, if, if anything, I mean, if we do manage to sign a new goalkeeper and let Harry Lewis and McCarthy leave and bring in a first-choice keeper, then having Fraser off the bench is not a bad thing either. I think, you know, a two-, three-year contract would be, would be decent. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can only keep one of, uh, Forster and, and Maka and I think we need to invest in a big name for the future as well Angus Gunn <laughs> oh god <laughs> how's he getting on for Norwich I thought he let in because I'm sure he was playing against City um, oh, well, 
Yesterday. What, yesterday? You know, it was four mm. anyway. Yeah, he was. You let him four against City yesterday. Four. You are right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, moving on from the keepers. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, Kev, he had an effort, which um, I feel he should have done a lot better with. He had more time. Which than one? <laughs> yeah, see, there was a moment where he could have sprayed it out to the left for uh, for Shea, mm-hmm. and he could have had a better option, but he blazed it over the bar. And then there was one when he was on the edge of the box that I just think he, he had more time than he realised. And again... I think at least you have to work to Haya there. Yeah, like, I think Armstrong was disappointing both in um, in this match in general. I was sort of disappointed in him. And I wasn't um, disappointed. It was just a couple of bad bad decisions at the crucial moments. But I don't think he was bad. No, I think yeah, off the ball, brilliant. Um, he can make good progressive runs and everything but when when he gets the ball at his feet and you know what magic he can do oh yeah we saw it against uh, Coventry that's the thing you think like that you know he's he's back he can create something and it's just been you know not in, embarrassingly off but he was you know just that little bit inaccurate yeah um but like I said a, a minute ago like something seems to have clicked because you know Perro looks looks settled now we said that all he needed was games and He's getting them now, and he looks settled, and he looks like a key part of this team at the moment. Um, Romeo arguably playing the best of his career right now, you, you could argue. Yeah. Uh, Prousey doing what he does best with, you know, deliveries and his work rate, always, always. Uh, Salisu, he's, you know, great, great bit of form at the moment, being eyed up by uh, a, lot of, a lot of teams in the league, apparently. Uh, Forster's an incredible form. Kyle Walker-Peters just not putting a foot wrong. Elianusi making these cameo appearances and, and putting in bright performances when he needs to because you know his, his chances don't come as much as the other guys that I've mentioned. But it's important that when he gets them, he takes them. And, and he is because, I mean, you give him man of the match against Spurs. Um, Chai yeah. Adams back in the goals, which is what he needs. Um, and I haven't even mentioned like Broya and along with Tino, who are arguably our, you know, players of the season so far. So... This is all encouraging moving forward, I feel. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They are, they are absolute fucking superstars. Um, those two youngsters we've brought in and uh, they've shone. Tino hasn't been playing uh, because of the injury. And um, Breyer, he hasn't been quite on scoring for him. Again, in, in front of goal, seems to be um, either hesitant or, you know, slightly greedy. And occasionally he was... He'd uh, drawn the keeper and it would just take a pass to a teammate to, to try and beat him. But he'll go for the shot himself and either go straight in the keeper or miss, you know. But, I mean, that just kind of sounds like a harsh criticism. Growing to expect a little bit more from him. Um, Adams, yeah, bang on form again. I, I think don't think we've seen him in this good form the whole time he's been at Saints. Elianusi, yeah, like you said, has done well to come back. Perot, um, he's keeping Livramento out the side, basically. Yeah. Um, Prousey, he's gone from having quite an average season to having um, a very good season. And then since we played Palace, he's just been, yeah, his trajectory has been astronomical, outstanding. Fair result, do you think? Because, I mean, both sides had chances to win because, we, I mean, you look at them, we had 13 attempts to their 12, eight on target for them and, and four to us. Uh, pass is almost the same for about 30 or so in their favour. Uh, Possession-wise, yeah, about 48%. So it's all fairly even in everything. And yet we still feel like that we could have had all three points. And then, you know, you look at the XG stats. United are 2.56 and Saints are 0.74. So, I don't know. A point at Old Trafford is very, very good. Let's not let's not take that away. Um, and a very good week, as we said. And it's rare. it's a rare feeling, but we're full of spirits and 
just want to keep this rolling. But uh, a fair result for you? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that, um, you know, we had the chances to make the difference in the end. Um, my prediction was basically that we'd be in this situation and that um, either the refereeing would go against us or, you know, they'd mm. snatch one at the death in Fergie time or whatever. But, you know, that didn't happen. We held them off. Um, so, yeah, I def- definitely think it's... Uh, of a fair result. I haven't really mentioned any of the, the controversies that uh, happened in this match. There's uh, two matches this week that have been kind of, I, don't, I wouldn't say marred by controversy, but there's you know, a few things that, that happened. I mean, the, in the Spurs match, well, we had... Uh, oh, the bro, your head, head injury thing. But you, the, the only... That, yeah. And, the well, only... I mean, there's the handball incident and um, just, you know, little niggly things like um, Fraser Forster's uh, yellow card for time wasting and um, Sanchez constantly fouling long and us getting nothing for it. This game, yeah, I mean there, there was uh, Maguire with that horrific um, stamp on Broja. Uh, Fernandez's uh, tussle with Rousey. Yeah, well, again, I mean I've seen players get sent off for uh, just lifting up their fist. Well, yeah, he did, he did uh, take a swing at him. Yeah, yeah, I remember an occasion where I was watching Man United Newcastle and. Um, uh, it was a Man United throw-in, I believe, and Roy Keane threw the ball at Alan Shearer, and he got sent off for it. Just lobbed the ball at him. Just at his midriff, not at his face or anything. Just lobbed the ball. You know, chest height, right on his chest. Right only from about two yards out, and he gets a red card for it. So there was definite intent with Fernandez, wasn't there? He's just swinging like a maniac. And that's mm. what Prousey does, though. He gets under your skin. Yeah. Jack Stevens has um, got a little kind of rivalry with uh, Fernandez now, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, he had one from last year, no, from this year at um, St. Mary's. Yeah. St. Mary's, yeah, he's terrorising him quite nicely there, <laughs> putting him in his place. But, yeah, I mean, the um, and the VAR decision on the offside for Ronaldo's goal. Oh, God, that was ridiculously um, offside. <laughs> I don't even think that was close, was it? I mean, what? what? The entire team was offside. Um, yeah. God knows why they had to get that to VAR. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there was, it wasn't even clear and obvious, was it? Well, I mean, it, it was... It was clear and obvious outside, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Just, um, I can only imagine that, that, uh, that Ronaldo's going to be very, very embarrassed looking back at that, because, you know, he had his, his finger wagging yeah, at, um, at the ref. The liner, yeah. Don't understand that at all. Yeah, that's, there's nothing controversial about that, in my opinion. <laughs> that was just a, a mistake. When I heard someone say that, you know, he's saying, like, no, I didn't, I didn't touch it. And I said, well, it doesn't matter who touched it. You're all fucking offside. Yeah. <laughs> Man of the match, Kev. Wow, again, yeah, it's uh, another really positive performance. And just the the energy and stamina to play like that twice in one week and when we've had one less day off than United, it's, it's just amazing. And really, to take the game to United at Old Trafford is, is definitely no mean feat. Yeah, Adams up to a scoring best. Elianusi, Perot, Prousey, um, they were all brilliant, but um, I'm going to have to say my man of the match, our goalkeeper, is a force to be reckoned with. Did you see what I did there? A force, a to, force be to be reckoned, reckoned with, yeah, yeah. that's good. Sorry, you didn't have to say that, I was going to laugh. <laughs> but the tumble we did in post-production going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to the big man too, because, yeah. you know, six top-class saves. United's XG, as I said, was higher than ours, and, the, you know, the reason that it was 1-1 was because of him. I think he's had a great week, and I think he was excellent, and he needs to be rewarded. So, well done, Fraze. We love you. So, yeah, please stay. Honourable mention for Romain. I thought he was, uh, yeah, absolute bastard. 
and I love him. <laughs> but yeah, here forced to in the last few minutes just won me over. Absolutely. This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, now we want to welcome in Tim Bizantz, or T-Bizzle, which I still love, by the way. Uh, Tim, how are you this week? <laughs> Life's grand. Uh, things, are enjo- uh, things are good over here. Uh, it is starting to warm up. We actually were in the mid-60s yesterday, and it's dropped back down to the 40s today, but it'll, it's going to be perpetually warmer. Uh, keep going forward. Uh, 60s, so like, I don't know, like 18, 19 degrees? Wow. 20? Yeah. Ooh. Well, that, that, that is warm. Yeah, it's not very warm yeah. in, Mo- in Moscow still, is it, Kev? Um, I forgot to say. Oh, yes. Kev, well, no, I, I was I called you in the week and you were uh, we were um, on FaceTime and you kind of uh, you slipped <laughs> oh. on your tits, didn't you, in the snow? Yes. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up, but yeah. Yeah, you were saying like, oh, um, the other kids here, so don't swear, and I was like showing showing you the streets of Moscow in the winter. It was all very fascinating to like, yeah. <laughs> I managed to step on a part of the pavement that everyone had been avoiding where um, one of the drain pipes flows into the street and it just iced over. And um, the next thing they heard is just a thud and... Uh, Kev they, rolling down sorry, the street. Sorry, I've just... Yeah, <laughs> shit, sorry, I've just slipped on my seat. <laughs> like, thank you. Oh, oh, God, that was amusing. It's been a great week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. For everybody. Not just Ben uh, Davies, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Everyone's slipping on their ass. Yes. Um, Tim. Yes. Uh, Everton then. Uh, Saturday the 19th of February, a 3pm kickoff uh, back at home. Tim, Everton, they're, they're in trouble, aren't they, really? I mean, as much trouble as I've ever remembered. And, you know, they had that new manager bounce that worked in the FA Cup. Their 4 one went over Brentford. Um, and then, you know, everyone was thinking, oh, Lampard, you know, he's the turning point. This is it. But apparently not because they got hammered 3-1 at Newcastle. Um, and then Saturday, a, a big win at home to Leeds. I don't understand. I mean, it's just it's erratic. It's unpredictable. And But bottom line is they are still underperforming and they're still struggling to get out of the position that they've got themselves in, which is going to be dangerous because, you know, you come up against teams that need points and it's always going to be, you know, difficult because they're fighting and scrapping for everything. I know it's early, uh, but which Everton are we going to get? Uh, the traditional Frank Lampard 4-4-2 with fluidity. So... His style isn't Burnley. It's not. Uh, it's not quite just like your hammer home. You know, drop balls over the top. He does have. There is a lot of fluidity that he has with overlaps, uh, including, and then also players tucking back in for like Rich Charleston, who won't necessarily overlap. Uh, excuse me. He will. He will overlap with DCL, who's kind of like a. Uh, so it turns out to me maybe like a four four one one little all over the place as he could become that second striker. But overall, I think we're going to get a really tough uh, matchup because I think Frank is trying to instill discipline in them. And it's crazy to think about because Leeds is a team that they just beat 3-0 who take a ton of possession. And it sounds counterintuitive, but Leeds is a team that actually thrives without the ball. And by giving them the ball, with especially without Calvin Phillips in the lineup, it was the opportunity within their their defensive mids and then their uh, and then their center backs to make and create uh, create play, which didn't happen. And so they weren't able to un- they weren't they were unable to create stretch passes. I think that's going to similarly work to their advantage in what they're going to play against us. 
because for us, when it seems like while we definitely impressed over the last two weeks with having the ball and making the rotations out, I think he's going to create a, a solid foundation through the middle and then uh, uh, work its way out just a little bit to bridge and break off the right uh, the right back and the left back overlaps that we have with Walker Peters and Perot recently. So I think there I think we're going to be expecting a, a, a decent amount of possession. And I think it's going to be not the nicest game in the world that we're going to play against because I think he's going to be able to break us down. So I don't not a, not necessarily the biggest fan. Uh, I don't like it because I think he actually does lead some positivity going into what is a completely and ridiculously unstable environment, like you mentioned. Yeah, and you know, in terms of of lineup, I guess it's going to be easy to say we'll stick with the with the eleven that's got the job done against Spurs and and against United. But, I mean, we're still sweating on the injury from Redmond. We don't know about this ankle injury. Um, there's Bednarek to consider as well. We don't know how serious this is. But, you know, let's just assume that both of those are out. What what are you going to do with the lineup? So, for us, what we're looking at is I expect little rotation. And I'm, I guess I'm just really curious about McCarthy. And while they haven't mentioned him for being what his injury is or what he's been up to, uh, I mean, it's been a while now since, this, since early December with that. So, if... Benaric's out with injury. That means we're with Stevens and Salisu as our center back. Well, it's not something I hate. It's just there's no backup to it. And Valerie is now our who who's played in a back five with a right center back is slotting in as center back. It's not necessarily the best uh, opportunity for us. No. So I I think you're really looking on our side as um, what to expect with Tino and then what to expect with Redmond. If Redmond's back. Uh, do, do we drop Elianusi, who's played, I think, fantastically over the last two games? Mm-hmm. Or do we play some type of, t- you know, with t- uh, with Tino back in? Do we push uh, KWP over to the left and drop Perot, who Perot has also had a fantastic last two games, and their Lincoln play on the left side has been fantastic. Oh, so. just to stop you there, Tim, sorry. I'm, Kev, I think you're probably the same as this. I think that we don't start Livermento. I think we keep as it is with uh, Perot and, and uh, Walker-Peters. What do you think, Kev? I'm inclined to agree with that. I think it's it's harsh on him, but, you know, if he's coming back from injury and he's, um, you know, a bit fragile, I think, you know, don't risk him if we don't need to. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Walker-Peters in his natural position is doing a brilliant job. Um, Perot is fantastic on the left. Yeah, you know, I'd um, leave it there, and I think he, he makes a great option. I mean, it's, we didn't really talk about the kind of weird formation that we ended up with uh, when he came on against United. No, he did seem to be playing out wide right, um, just more uh, for, more forward than uh, than Kyle Walker-Peters. So there is that option off the bench if you do. Well, they kind of overlapped each other, didn't they? I mean, mm. the, the, um, Kyler was playing um, in front of him uh, for a lot of the time as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that kind of unknown quantity that you can introduce um, as need be. Um yeah, I think, you know, it gives us an excellent option. But, of course, if you are going to do that, Kev, then you need to play with the three centre-backs. And because we've only got two that are fit... Not necessarily. Then, you know, that's going to be a diff- bit difficult. Unless you, unless you play the flat four four two and let the Romento go wide right. Yeah, like, I mean, like we did um, against United. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about Everton a little bit more. Uh, what did they do in January? So they signed Deli Ali on a permanent, Donnie Vanderbeek on loan, uh, Anwar El Ghazi on loan. Uh, Myelenko uh, on a permanent is a left back from the Dinamo Kiev. 
or was it a Shakhtar Donetsk? Was um, it was the uh, a Dynamo Kiev? Okay, that's what I was thinking. Uh, then they've got Nathan Patterson, who they signed on permanent, who is their backup right back at Rangers, who's uh, did it was a it was a very positive going forward and looked really good for the Scottish national team. And so those are their main signings, along with their outgoing of Dinia to Villa, which was another soap opera debacle. And then they fired Rafa Benitez. So the biggest thing, though, we need to look out for Everton is we know that they have actually a lot of injuries right now. So Decore at center mid was out, so that's why Vanderbeek was started for his first game last time. Yerry Mina is out until April. April. Tom Davies is out. Fabian Delph is out. Ben Godfrey is out. Fabian Delph uh, is Demari always out. Well, yeah, but he's never been in, is he? It's just yeah. poor. poor uh, he just might as well poor change life. his name to Fabio. Fabian Delph is injured. <laughs> So Damari Gray, although he is potentially listed to come back against us, and then Myolenko was at listed, but they don't even have what type of injury or what was going on or why he wasn't anywhere near the lineup. So that's they, that's a lot of injuries, especially two starting center backs that they have, or two consistent starters in their defense uh, with Gary Mina and Ben Godfrey. So what are we going to watch out for? Well, it's always going to be Richarlson. He's slippery. He just gets all over the place, and he can he can be a little bit of a crybaby at times. Uh, and then the unknowns of Deli Ali and Vanderbeek. Uh, Ali didn't start last game, uh, and Vanderbeek did, and then vice versa in the game prior to that when they got beat. So what to expect? I really don't necessarily have 100% confidence in this, but I feel like they're going to establish that high block. Um, against us. It's not going to sit in a low block. He's going to want to push high and neutralize Bro- uh, Broya and Adams. Uh, to for- And then from that is to force the creativity to go through Ward-Prowse and Romeo from deeper lying positions uh, because their creativity is less, but whereas Ward-Prowse is from set pieces and from he c- they can move around and they're comfortable letting they're gonna let be, they're gonna be comfortable letting Ward Prowse and Romeo have the ball, but only in their no no more than midfield. So they want to have that high block, press it up, and push it around where they feel that they can they won't be able to get stretched uh, through the the half spaces or through the lines. And looking at their bench though, on top of it, they've got a bunch of has uh, a bunch of overpriced players who aren't worth the price that they signed for. Yeah, we got uh, one of them, Theo Walcott, and he was fun. yeah. <laughs> Uh, underperform- yeah. uh, underperformers, and then they have a couple youngsters that they can look at too. But uh, this bench, the bench that they had against uh, Leeds was Nathan Patterson, Andrews Townsend, uh, Esmir Begovic, who's uh, Tosin, Andre Gomes, Jared Braithwaite, Solomon Rondon, El Ghazi, and Deli Ali, with their previous lineup being Pickford, uh, Seamus Coleman, Mason Holgate, Michael Keane, John Joe Kenny, Alex Iwobi, Alon, Vanderbeek, Gordon. Uh, Anthony Gordon, DCL, and Richarlson up top. So it, you, they need to be doing better with that line, type of lineup and depth that they – depth, quote-unquote, depth that they have. They need to be doing better. <laughs> they are a complete disappointment. I think Frank Lampard can solidify and get them back into a more of a mid-table throughout the year and create a positivity going into next year with uh, – <laughs> Positivity in a way that they're not going to be a complete disaster, uh, dumpster fire in the, in the process. So Michael Keane, Mason Holgate are, are absolutely, as long as they're, they're fit, they're going to be the starters. Uh, I, Vanderbeek, so he held the highest possession for Everton in the last game, 
higher more so than anybody else on the field. Wow. Uh, so I think he'll they're going to put him back in and match him alongside Alon. And then I think Damari Gray, if he's going to be back from injury, he's going to start over Anthony Gordon. And then I think they'll start Deli Ali. So that'll be the first time that Vanderbeek and Deli Ali will start together. And Richarlson, DCL. Uh, so outside on, pa- on paper, this is actually probably one of their – outside of their fullbacks is the strongest 11 that they can match. And I think it's going to be a lot tougher than we think. Okay, so with that, Kevin – What's the score going to be? Um, it's going to be uh, 2-1 to Saints. I'm going the same. I, I I think, giving all of that, of what Tim has just said, I think home advantage plays a massive difference in this game. It would be great at home this season. Yeah, and I just think that's going to be the difference. It's going to be the, the home fans are going to take them over the line. I, I'm the difference. Tim, what about you? Uh, I don't think there's going to be much to this game. Uh, I think it'll be 0-0. Zero, zero. I think that we will be we will fall flat and Frank will solidify their defense a little bit, but they'll be lacking going forward. They'll, they're covering up for the lack going forward. They saw that that we played super duper well the last two games. He's going to sit there, figure out, try to see what we can do to do to 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 beat our fantastic rotations on the ball, and but they're going to give up the opportunity to score goals on their end too. So zero zero. Clean sheet, that'd be a rarity, wouldn't it? Would be, yeah. And Alex is going 2 1 to Saints also. So all three of us, well, all three of us, three of us are going 2 1 Saints, and uh, Tim's going for the 0 0. Uh, do you know who else is going for a 0 0? Go on, tell me. I'm intrigued. It's Gemma. She's going for a 0 0. Oh. I bet you didn't know that was coming. Um, and Caitlin is going for a 1 0 to Saints, which is doable. I think I can see that too. Another clean sheet. Marina also predicts a clean sheet, but that we win 2-0. Okay. Um, what about Abby? She wants 1-1. One, one. Uh, she, she described it as teams like this who aren't necessarily as good, uh, do not necessarily dominate possession. Uh, they're, they're not, they're going to be harder for us to play against where she, she feels we play up against the good teams. So 1-1. Yeah, she's one. not wrong. She's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, we should have won away, really. Oh, first game of the season, yeah, mm. yeah. That was um, Adam Armstrong's welcoming party, wasn't it? Yeah. Hi, I'm Matt Letitia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then, uh, extra time. We shall start with the predictions. Good week for Saints, uh, not a good week for us. No one predicted a win at Spurs. Tim, however, went for a 1-1 at Old Trafford, so maximum points to him, Tim. Well done, mate. Thank you. Um, and that has done nothing to the scores. <laughs> Um, still the same. Alex on 19. Tim has pushed up to 28. Uh, I'm on 32. And Kevin's still ahead on 39. What has that done for Wife Wars, Kevin? It was a disappointment all around, with the exception of uh, a correct result for Gemma. She predicted a draw in both matches, which was true against Manchester United, gaining her two points. Um, putting her on 22, two points ahead of Abby on 20. Uh, Marina got it all wrong. Um, she got when she right... married you, yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck you now. <laughs> it's a bit of a fell. Right, right results, but the wrong way round. Uh, give her 25 points. Uh, Caitlin, however, she jumps straight into the lead after correctly predicting a one all draw against Manchester United. 26 points. Well done. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, the Discord predictions... 
Um, again, all very, very similar, apart from Tim, of course, who picked, predicted a 1-1. Also, Tony M did uh, pick, mm-hmm. predicted a 1-1. So that's changed it a little bit. Uh, not, not very uh, slim Jim at the back. Two, you've got Kevin, Tony A, and Colt on six. Oh, and Scott, sorry, on six. Um, I'm on my own in fourth place on eight points. Uh, and Tim and Tony M have joined Alex at the top of the charts on nine points. So that's good. I'm re- I'm really liking this Discord one because it was started late and it's um it's all pretty pretty damn close. You know that if um Jim at the bar- at the back gets a, you know a spot on result, then he could put himself right in the mix. So it's 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 going to be interesting from now to the end of the season. Yeah, we should have a prize. Yep, the winner wins. <laughs> yeah, let's have a fight. The winner wins. <laughs> uh, Super six, then. Uh, two rounds. Round 36 was won by Andrew Knight uh, with 14 points. Uh, and then round 37, Steve Martin, not the Steve Martin, uh, on 12 points. Uh, and that leaves the overall lead still with Colin Carter, who's broken the 300 barrier uh, on 304. Mm. Uh, fantasy football, then, guys. Oh, Kev, I, I used my free hit this week. Right, And I loaded up with United players, um, and I took a punt on Neil Mope as well because they've got two games in United, United play Brighton, don't they, as part of this game week. Uh, and Mope scored as well, so uh, I did okay there. And I've got plenty of players playing today, so I think I'm in a decent position this week. How are you doing in terms of points so far? Uh, 35, so not as good as I thought. Oh, yeah. 38. I'm on 36. Um, I've got an unlikely saviour in the form of Tony Gordon. Anthony Gordon? But, yeah, he was a cheapo uh, midfield option for me. You know, I was thinking of getting rid of him. And he scored. Yeah, he got me 14 fucking points. Wow. He got a goal and an assist. Uh, he got the top bonus. So, yeah, I'm going to be holding on to him. Uh, but, fuck me, Ronaldo has been an albatross around my neck that I can't get rid of. Ever since I got rid of Salah and put him in there. Um, he's just been weighing my team down. There's not many talismanic forward options. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to use a double transfer and um, get rid of him and bring in one of the Liverpool players because that double game week next week is going to be massive. Uh, I'm on 36 points. So well, that's okay. um, I'm holding water in the middle of our Podders League. Oh, you've still got Ronaldo to play against Brighton as well. So and De Gea and Varane. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you've loaded up also. Um, you haven't got any Brighton players? No. Okay. Because they <laughs> Well, I need Mopay to score against United. Um, and I've obviously... Oh, I've got Bruno that's... Fernandes, who I made my captain. He, he kind of let me down. But, I, I mean, I guess, I guess I made a good choice on, on captain because I took the captain away from uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and he didn't even fucking play. So, <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Neither did Laporte. So my Man City players, who I was banking on playing against um, Norwich, I, I got 10 points from Ruben Diaz, who saved me. Um, and Laporte and De Bruyne combined for a big fat zero. Never buy City midfielders, because it's just a, an Apart expensive from Kevin De Bruyne, right? risk. Well, even he gets rotated out. Hmm. Tim, how have you gone? 33 this week. So last week I used my wild card, felt like I really needed it, and I got 78 points, so that was necessary. Wow. 33. Oh, yeah. yeah, 33 this week. Gun, who <laughs> I, I have, I six, has six points today, So which is fantastic. Uh, Ruben Diaz at 10. Uh, I did have Salah and Jota in there. 
Uh, Cancelo is going to be rotated out for automatically for Livermento. Oh, of course, Salah's back today, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't save the penalty, so, um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. quite tight. Yeah. Con- Connor Cody just though. got me... Yeah, Connor Cody just got me six because they blanked or they um they stopped uh Tottenham Spurs today, and yeah, so I've still got West Ham with Jared Bowen and Antonio left to play, but and so I'm guaranteed 34 points with Livermento rota- rotating in. Martino didn't play for me, and my only outfield player is Dennis, who's um yeah gone through a bit of a dry spell for what at the moment. Yeah, I got rid of him. Yeah, you ain't getting back on my side, mate. No. Um, Ronaldo is the bigger um, yeah, person for me. Yeah, He's because of the cost. Yeah. yeah, you could get rid of him and bring in another five. <laughs> if only that would let you. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the, 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 the table, Kev. Yes. Well, I wanted to. Um, award. Did I award manager of the month for January? No. Was it me? Oh, the- the podcasters, it was Oliver Boast. Um, you uh, were the eighth best. <laughs> okay, so the manager of the month from our league with 196 points. Was it me? Uh, it wasn't you, no. I mean, if you were the eighth best <laughs> podcaster in our league, then it's not looking good for you here. Um, however, with a fantastic team name, 196 points, Fred Irwin with his team, Only Cruels and Horse. I guess the S didn't fit in. Okay. That's <laughs> the character limit. But yeah, only girls and horses. Yep. Uh, overall, the top three of uh, Chris Bonner, Bobby Brown, and David Phillips. Um, do you remember a couple of years ago, Kev, we did the Who Am I or Where Am I? Ooh, okay. I'm going to do that this time as well. So I'm going to give you a clue, and you're going to guess it on... If you guess it on the first one, you get five points. If you guess it on the second, you get three points. If you guess it on the third, you get one point. However, if you guess it and you're wrong, you don't get any points, and you only get one guess. Okay? Okay. Okay. So you can confer if you wish uh, and come up with a uh, come up come up with it together. Okay. Ah. Okay. So we we only get like one guess between us, right? Yeah. Okay. So you've got to name the ground, okay? Where am I? So I am located 220 miles north of London. I think it's, if you go directly north from It's St. James um, Park. It's Newcastle, right? Nah, wait. Oh, is hang that your on. guess? No, I'm just saying, I'm just talking with Kevin. I think Newcastle's further. I reckon it's Elland Road. You can have a guess. Uh, Well, we can have a guess each then, can't we, if we disagree? No, you've got one guess between you. One guess between you. Um, I'd probably reserve uh, judgment then. Okay, that's probably a good thing. You're you're right. I think you're you're right. Newcastle's too far. Do you want your second clue? Yeah, go on. Located in the county of Lancashire. Ooh. Okay, it was definitely not Island Road then. No, it's definitely not Island Road. You're right. That's why I said you were right not to guess. Is it any league club or is it Premier League? This is all um, league, yeah. So it's all one of the pre- 92. Premier League to League Two, yeah. One of the 92. And it's not, not in. I, I am including Swansea and Cardiff in this, although they're not 220 miles north and in Lancashire. But um, I'm no Scotland, or Wales, or Irish teams. Christ, there's a fuckload of teams in Lancashire, probably ah. more than any other county in Which the Which is why of I put it as my second clue. <laughs> yeah, because you're talking clue. like, because we're talking, so Lancashire is, isn't that, that's Blackpool, so. Blackpool's in Lancashire, Preston, um, Blackburn, Bolton, Blackburn, Bolton, Manchester, uh, wow. Very Stafford, um. Barry's not a football team anymore, so. Yeah, they've still got a ground, haven't they? Yeah. So it's going to be like 
burn. I've, I've weird turf more. Is it turf more? It's kind of because turf more is up there. Yeah. Well, uh, pressed, it, pressed and pressed into. Um, I mean, I, I don't. How how much does Lanc- How much does Liverpool get into Lancashire though? No, it was not considered by Lancashire. It was Cheshire before. It's Merseyside now. Um, I'll give you a clue. Another one. It isn't Liverpool or Everton. Well, they're not. You want the next clue? Yeah. Both of you. A capacity of twenty three and a half thousand, and the nickname the Lily Whites. Where am I? It's, pre- it's, it's oh, Preston. It's Preston. Yeah. It is Preston. And what's the name of the ground for an extra point? Deep down. Deep down. Well done. Two points. Mm. I'll give you for that. Well done. That was good. Wow. Okay. Two points until next week then. Oh, I love that shit. But yeah. Um, okay. I want to play that again right now. That, that's how good it is. Uh, no, we'll do it next week. So yeah, deep down, Preston. Yes, Kevin. Do you have a Russian phrase for us? So yeah, this week's Russian phrase is Commander A. Commander A. Commander A. And yeah. I'm guessing that means the A-team in Russia? The A-team, exactly. Brilliant. Thanks, Kev. Sorry? Next week, uh, we will be talking Everton uh, and preparing for our Friday night game against Norwich City. And Tim, you will not be joining us next week, will you? Unfortunately not. It's oh. a one-match ban. Yes, and until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.